Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, as we celebrate, we were going to celebrate a time of communion. And I want us to look at a couple of passages of Scripture before we do so. One is found in the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And then the other is found in the 6th chapter of the Gospel of John. This is a very special time. You know, when it comes to this season of the year, we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to expect. We've been conditioned to anticipate. And it almost seems as if we're conditioned from a child, even in school, to see this moment and see these days, especially Christmas Eve, because the anticipation and the excitement is, is building up to a crescendo as you're a kid. You, you've got an expectation. And many people carry that into their adult lives. They look at this season as a season that is magical, that it has some kind of redemptive powers to it. And so I, what I want to do is I really want to take that anticipation and that expectation. I want to direct it towards the right thing, not towards what we're going to get under the tree, but who hung on the tree by taking our expectation of what he did and the true gift of Christmas, hallelujah, the true gift of Jesus, and begin to look at that and unpack that this morning as we partake of the symbol of that act, of that gift, and receive unto ourselves the redemptive rights and privileges that the cross afforded each and every one of us. Amen? Now, you may be anticipating a lot of things. I know children are anticipating their favorite gift under the tree. They imagine themselves unwrapping the thing that they've wanted all year long. This is certainly a time in which there is a heightened level of expectancy in the air. There are families that are going to be reunited during this time. People that have not seen each other all year long are going to come together and they're going to partake of a meal together and reconnect Forgiveness can be found in this season as well, as hearts that have been divided over the years are brought together through family communion and through this celebration of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what your expectation is or what you're anticipating for this season to bring. I know that sometimes we get very jaded and we get very hardened because we go season after season without seeing significant change in our lives. We see things and feel things and even go through holiday seasons in, in, in depression and despair because certain things aren't realized in our lives. But know this, that the, the, the season, although this is not Jesus' birthday, December 25th is not the Lord's birthday. It's where we celebrate the Lord's birthday, but it's not his birthday. Come on now. Come on now. You guys go to Lake Church. You don't go. Come on. Okay? I've taught you well. I've taught you when Jesus' birthday is. And to the ignorant, let them be ignorant still. But uh, anyway, understand this. That as we have given a, a, you know, a, a platform to be able to celebrate this wonderful thing, we need to understand that there are people that are going through the season today without loved ones, without people in their lives that were once part 
of their lives, they have transitioned and went on. And many people can see this season as a time of great despair and great sorrow. They can see it as a loss. I remember when my mother died in 2003, I was extremely lost and lost the joy of the season entirely. Because Christmas wasn't about Jesus with my mom, it was about my mom. Some of you got those mamas. Come on now. And uh, so she was, she, Christmas was hers. And it was all about, you know, I mean, she was, she celebrated, she had three trees in her house, three big trees, not little tree, big decorated trees. She celebrated the season. It was her favorite time of year. And so when she passed from this life, I had, I had lost my heart for Christmas. I had lost my appetite for the things and, and, and experienced sorrow. And then as you begin to experience the seasons of life, you have children and, you, and, and, and it's about children. It's about taking care of your children. And then your children leave. And then you can feel, you know, lost and you can, you can feel lonely because of that situation. And I know that it's not just all happiness right now. I know that people aren't just celebrating that, that there is hardship that comes with this time. But if we center our focus from looking at these things and center them on the real reason that Jesus incarnated himself in human flesh to take our place and to afford and lavish upon us the gifts of God upon his creation through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, then we all can have the true joy that is meant for this season. Amen? Amen. So what I want to do is I want to direct your energies today. I want to direct them away from the commercialism of this season. I want to direct them away from all of the stress and the strife and the turmoil that can come with this season. Because guess what? You're going to see them. They're coming down the road. They're coming to visit. And you better be ready. And focus your energies on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The incarnation. Amen. Jesus said this in verse 25 of chapter 11. He says, at this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the worldly wise and the worldly understanding, and you've revealed them to little children. Everybody say little children. If you want to get very far in this life, you've got to become a child. I don't care how old you are, how many revolutions you've made around the sun, you must become a child if you're going to receive from God. If you're going to have a relationship with God, you've got to become like a little child. A little child operates in high levels of expectation and anticipation, especially during this season. The energy is up. The excitement is abounding. It's because they know they're about to receive something that they desire. But I'm here to tell you, little children, that Jesus has already established a tree for you has already established a gift for you. The blood that dripped from that tree is the very gift that's given to each and every one of us. And it cleanses and washes us from all sin. It causes us, come on now, can I get some amens in the house? 
Jesus has already established the holiday of holidays. It is the praise God. It is the jubilee of the Lord. Hallelujah. That everything that Adam lost, Christ has brought back and given back to each and every person. And through his victory, sin and death does not reign anymore. That's right. Amen. Amen. Because a human man could not be raised from the dead, sin and death reigned over humanity. But Jesus came, took your place, embodied that flesh that Pastor Kevin talked about, that body that was prepared for him. And because as a man, he took our sin, he took our depravity, he took our sickness, praise God, and was raised to newness of life after his death. Praise God, mankind is free. I said mankind is free. But you've got to become a child. Because there are even people here within the listening of, of my voice that are saying that that is absolutely foolishness. The preaching of the cross is foolishness. It's foolishness to those who are in worldly wisdom and understanding. And that's the reason why Jesus said, I thank you that you've hid this. From the worldly wise and those that are in the realm of worldly understanding. And you've revealed it to babies. Babies are dependent creatures. Babies rely on their parents to take care of them. We have to get to a place of humility and vulnerability to be able to receive what Jesus has done. And I'm telling you, the expectation and the anticipation that you feel during this season needs to transition over to the fact that I expect and I anticipate that God is going to do something significant in my life right here, right now, in 2023. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at John chapter 6. I don't want to keep you too long. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. Praise the Lord. John chapter 6. Jesus begins to talk to the Pharisees and the religious leaders about that he is the bread that came down from heaven. And we have to understand that Jesus is our sustenance and our life. And the only way that you're going to live successful in this world and overcome the system of the beast is understanding that the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ is his bread and his blood is your drink. And if you will learn how to partake of that, that bread and that blood consistently in your life. Now that doesn't mean that we take physical communion every time. It just simply means that we operate by ingesting his word and operating in the realm of the Word of God, we will begin to see an overcoming spirit begin to get buoyancy in our lives, causing us to rise above the circumstances of this world. Amen? Amen? Jesus came to make you free. Hallelujah! He made you free. And He said this. He said that knowing this, that this Jesus is preached the forgiveness of sins and that those that believe and embrace the gospel message are free from everything. This is the message that needs to be declared and preached. 
that Jesus' broken body and his blood was given for us so that we might receive wholeness through his great gift. But notice what he says in the 53rd verse of chapter 6. It says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, is he calling us to cannibalism? Is he calling us to eat physically? No, what he's talking about, his flesh. The Bible says in John 1.14, the word became flesh. So what's he talking about? He's talking about digesting the word. Digesting and then taking the word of God. It is through the word of God that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as we take in the word of God. Belief begins to arise in our hearts and we receive the life that Jesus gave to us. He said, if, if you don't eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink its blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh. Now notice that. That's a continuous feeding upon the flesh. Feeding upon the Word of God. Amen. In the tabernacle, they had what was known as the bread of the presence or the bread of the face. And it was the very face of God. So when we partake of the word of God, we're looking into the face of God. And that bread was to sustain the priesthood. It was holy bread baked every day and put freshly before the presence of the Lord. And they would partake of that bread. And that is a symbol of the word of God that has been given to you and I. That we partake of the bread of his presence because we partake of the word of the Lord. So when we partake of the bread, as Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took this bread and he lifted it up and he he blessed it and then he broke it. And he says, take and eat, for this is my body, which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when Jesus' body was broken and pierced, Praise God, he became our sacrifice. His breaking was our breaking. And when we ingest that bread, when we take that bread in ourselves, it is symbolic of us taking in his flesh. And when you take in his flesh, you become one with him. Amen? And on that same night, he lifted up the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. This is the forgiveness of sins. This is the, not just the covering over, but the utter abolishment of sin. Because the life is in the blood. The divine life of God was shed at Calvary that day. And they were symbolically taking, partaking of that blood that was shed for them. And as they drank it, as they ingested, they're ingesting his life. He says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have life in you. Notice that. 
He says, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Now, there's existence and there's eternal life. You might be just simply existing here today. Hello, we can all be in an existence. But to have eternal life, life as God has it, comes through the partaking of the bread and the blood. And that's what we're going to do here today. Now, notice he says this, I will... Raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Yes, praise God. And so as we have the elements that were, you were given as you came into this place here this morning, if you do not have these elements, we have some up here. The ushers will have some. Just lift your hand up. We'll make sure and ensure that everyone has the elements to partake of. The Bible says that we need to come reverently as we partake of this because it is, it is a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we don't come in an unworthy manner. What does that mean by an unworthy manner? That we don't esteem what we're about to do. If you feel that you cannot properly esteem this, I would suggest that you bypass it. But if you can properly esteem it and have proper recognition towards it, that means that you'll be able to partake of it and receive. And what I want you to do is take that expectation and the anticipation of receiving something from God and project it upon this time together. Because as we partake of this, we are operating in faith and we will receive what Jesus gave to us. Amen? So if you have ailments in your body, if you have something that is broken in your life, if you have a relationship that you are despairing over, realize that the answer is found in these two elements. Realize that restoration and the, and the bringing back and the redemptive process of our life all stems from these two elements right here because they symbolize the broken body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we take the top off and we take this little wafer that symbolizes the blood, we lift it up before the Lord and we bless it. Father, we bless this and we see it as a symbol of Christ's body. That was broken for us. We thank you that divine healing is ours through the broken body. For by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. The Bible says that it pleased the Lord to break him so that you and I could be whole. And so as Jesus lifted up the bread and he blessed it as we have, he also broke it. Break it right now. That's symbolic of Jesus' body being broken and ravaged for you. Ravaged by the cat of nine tails. Ravaged by the crown of thorns that was placed upon his head. Ravaged by the beatings that he received. The Bible says that the mar of his visage or the, the appearance of his body wasn't even that of a normal man because it was so brutalized and beaten. It was beaten on your behalf. That was your beating. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. And what we need to understand, it wasn't what the Romans did to him. It wasn't what the Judaizers did to him. It's what God himself did to him. Because the wrath of God was placed upon Jesus Christ. Amen? 
And the Bible declares that we as the church who partake of this are not selected for wrath. Oh, praise God. Isn't that right? Amen. Because the wrath of God came upon him and broke him so that you and I could be made whole by the power of his spirit. Amen. So let's partake of that and just rejoice. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We receive health and healing, deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. I speak life and health, vitality coming into your body, into your mind right now in the name of Jesus. I declare you totally free from all maladies, all sickness, all ailments. All infirmities right now in the name of Jesus. Receive that by faith as it goes into your body. As it begins to emanate, the faith of God is releasing the life of God on the inside of you. The wells of salvation are opening, drenching you with that life-giving power that goes forth to every ailment, every hurt, every pain, restoring and bringing back to normalcy your body right now in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then he lifts that cup and he says, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Yes. Amen. Amen. The life is in the blood. Many people wrestle with their worth. But we need to understand that your worth, as far as God is concerned, is his very own blood. Because the blood comes from the male. And Jesus was made by Mary's, Mary's uh, egg. And the Holy Spirit began to give her the seed to bring forth Jesus Christ. So that means this. The blood of God was shed for you. There's no higher currency in this world. None whatsoever. Oh, we go after silver. We go after gold. In fact, some of you are going to leave here today and go straight to the mall. But understand this. That your worth is not based upon any monetary thing. It's not worth and far more valuable than the sun that heats us. More valuable than the stars that shine to us. More valuable than anything that is created that we can see or unseen. This is the greatest currency that was ever delivered on behalf of anyone. This represents the overpayment for your sin. Hallelujah. You know, when a debt is owed, we like to pay, you know, we like to... Pay it right down to the last penny. But Christ said, no, I'm not just going to pay right to the penny. I'm going to overdo it. I'm going to overpay. That way there should be no doubt within your mind as to God's love and disposition towards you. That means that you should never worry about whether God has his favor towards you or not. Because he has overpaid. If your debt was a million dollars, he paid ten million dollars for you. 
And when you have that assurance and you know that it is totally paid and overpaid, you can walk with confidence in this life and there's not a devil in hell that can take away your salvation or the assurance of the favor of God. Hallelujah. So we lift this cup as he lift the cup. And we partake of it knowing that this is the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says that he has set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Did you know that the enemies of God look at this table and they are envious? Because they were not made partakers of this table. But you and I have been. This table, it stares at death. It laughs at its face. It stares at sickness. It laughs at its face. It says sin and death no longer dominates for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So let's take our focus away from the distractions of this season and begin to apply it towards this. And we'll begin to see that what we put our eyes upon, we become. Because as we look upon the glorious image of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are changed from glory to glory into that image. And as He is, so are we. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and give Him worship and praise? Thank you, Father God. We glorify you. We magnify you. We exalt you, Lord. For you are good. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to ask my beautiful wife to come. We're going to pray a a prayer over you as we dismiss you today. Are you glad you came today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to extend my hands towards you. Just receive this. Father, we just pray a blessing upon each and every individual here today and every family that's represented. And we declare right now in the name of Jesus that this season will be one of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father God, that as we look forward to next week in the beginning of a brand new year, that we will again remember the celebration of the cross, the celebration of Jesus' work in our lives, knowing that regardless of what comes our way, we are overcomers in this life through His blood. Through his blood. So I pronounce a blessing upon every home. Financially. Spiritually. Physically right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Now, at this time, we're going to be taking up our special offering. It's our end-of-the-year offering, and this is a vital, important time, setting the tone for the next year. So as we do, and just prayerfully put your offering in either of these baskets, pray over your offering as a family. Just release your faith because 2024's got good things in store for you. Amen? I know what CNN is saying, and I know what Fox News is saying. I know what the world is expecting to happen in this next year. But I'm here to tell you, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen? And God will take care of His own. But we've got to learn to operate in the kingdom of God. And giving is one of the principles of operating in the kingdom of God. So at this time, I release you to bring your families up and to receive this offering. And those that, you know, if if you've already given or if if you are unable to give, just begin to prayerfully pray for your family. Pray for the new year and just begin to just know that God has got good things in store for you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless each and every individual, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for this offering, Father, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Father God. 